Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you're excited to talk some Dallas Cowboys. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. The 2021 NFL season is all officially in the rearview mirror with Super Bowl 56 being played on Sunday. Every single team now committed to the offseason. Of course, our Dallas Cowboys have been here for some time. It is a Tuesday, though, which means it is time for a Tuesday roundtable here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. It's 5 p.m. Central Time. This is going to be our streaming time throughout the entire offseason. You can always, of course, catch the rewatch here on our channel, and you can always listen to the show on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, ride review, etc. Tonight, we have three fantastic panelists joining me in the right upper quadrant. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the strongest human being to ever grace this earth. You know him from bloggingtheboys.com, from the Blog of the Boys podcast network. It is Tom Ryle on Twitter at TomRyleBTV. Down in the bottom right corner, the uh, southeast, right? Southeast uh, section of the uh, the program, up in the northeast, actually, in literal terms. You see him at bloggingtheboys.com. You hear him on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. It is Tony Catalina on Twitter at Tony underscore Catalina. Tony, nobody likes the underscores. Change it up, man. It's okay. Uh, down in the Southwest portion, uh, Southwest Salad's always good, whatever chain restaurant you go to. You know him from Chop Sports, the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and the Italian restaurant down the street. It is Dave Sturchio on Twitter at Dave Sturchio. Sturch, I go to you first because I'm wearing a Manchester United jersey. You're wearing a New York Yankees cap. Are we a bunch of front runners here talking about the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm all New York outside of the Cowboys. I, I don't think I was given a choice. Uh, my dad put me in front of a TV at a very young age and said, this is your squad. Good luck. And, uh, you know, I had a good childhood. But then after that, it's just, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> Tom, do you feel like, you know, there's just a bunch of bandwagon fans around here? Like, you know, these people, you know, I, none, I don't think any of us four root for the Lakers. Uh, but I know Dan Rogers does, obviously, from Black and the Boys. So we do have that covered. We do kind of live up to the full cliche. Well, I... I don't know about how many of us would consider bandwagoners. What we show is that we're from all over the blasted country pulling for the Cowboys, you know, because you've got Dan Rogers up in the Northwest, a couple guys up in the Northeast, you know, and then there's some Texas boys like you and me. So, yeah, I just Cowboys fan forever. What can I say? You, I don't really care you know, you, about most of the other sports. <laughs> you say the blasted country. We did um, we did launch our off-season schedule for the Blog and the Boys podcast network this week. We have a new show on Mondays with Mark Lane and Sean Martin called Hidden Yardage. And we have a new show on Fridays with Danny Phantom and Rabble Rouser called The Star Seminar. You mentioned Dan obviously being located in the Northwest. But we also now have a new show on Sundays called The World's Team with Meg Murray from Girls Talking Boys and Paul Stewart, part of the UK Cowboys contingent located in scotland so tom please pay some respect to our international friends uh you know none of this like domestic elitism coming from you tom please uh tony uh 
we we changed the rundown for this show right before we started and you actually when i when i sent the message you said i'm intrigued and now that you've been kind of briefed are you excited are you nervous are you scared how are you feeling i think it's a wide array of emotions i mean this is um cowboys at its finest so we're definitely going to get in some heavy uh heavy topics here so i'm ready to get going well, it's really one topic, and so uh, there's only four of us here tonight. We don't have the massive Brady Bunch screen, so we, we do take up your entire screen now, all four of us, none of this extracurricular space. But we're going to go away in a minute because um, today, well, this is Tuesday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, Sturge was kind enough on Valentine's Day to, to wish a happy Valentine's Day to everybody on the Block and the Boys podcast. Now, Tony, you could have learned a thing or two from Sturge. I mean, he's a married man. Be like Sturge. You know, you're going to be one uh, soon enough, uh, so take a page out of, out of his playbook. But on Tuesday, February 15th Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy was a guest on the Rich Eisen show uh, you can watch the Rich Eisen show on Peacock you can obviously catch their their segments and certain portions of the show on YouTube and all levels of social media they have a podcast network I believe you can listen to it on Odyssey and the Odyssey app as well um, kind of strange that Mike McCarthy would do a public appearance this week I mean if it would have happened you would have thought it would have been last week during the kind of car washness of Radio Row uh, but that was not the case incidentally Sean Payton was on the Rich Eisen show last Friday uh, so uh, there's a lot there and Mike McCarthy was asked about that and this is an eight minute clip we're going to play this and then we're going to come back and we're going to react to it for the rest of the roundtable this is Mike McCarthy on the Rich Eisen show being asked about Jerry Jones's comments regarding Dan Quinn Sean Payton and everything else criticism coming your way seems to be in a veiled way from the uh, the man who signed your checks uh, to be very honest with you uh, Jerry Jones in a story written on Dallas Cowboys dot com uh, was talking about Dan Quinn coming back to your fold and mentioning how Sean Payton and Jason Garrett um, stuck around uh, for a long time as assistants in Dallas because, quote, every one of those three coaches have said they'd love to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So my point is that has in my mind a lot of logic as to why they might not take a job now rather than one or wait and see how the cards go in the future. Uh, the follow-up question was uh, kind of obvious. Like, what about your current head coach, Mike McCarthy? And the quote was, Mike knows that someday somebody other than him will be coach of the Cowboys. Uh, what do you think about that supposition, Coach Mike McCarthy? Oh, so we, we have an hour, correct? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, t- the floor no, is yours. I- <laughs> the time's yours, as Andy Reid might say in the media. So what do you think? Well, I think it's, you know, I think it's a number of things. I mean, I think number one, you know, I think it's, you know, every landscape in this league is different. You know, I've been very fortunate to, to work at, you know, two of the premier organizations in pro football. And, you know, and they're, and they're all different. So, and, and I think clearly in this, you know, in this situation, you know, the way things are, are, are done here, there's, you know, there's a, a bigger picture focus and, and, I've always, frankly, just keep it about about winning, and, and I've always, you know, kind of taken a taken a blind eye or blind ear to those things. But but that's you know that's that's not the that's not the case when you work here. So I mean, I, I think clearly uh, when you look at those type of comments, you know, I, I think you have to understand you know the platform where they come from. I mean, you know, I have an excellent relationship with with Jerry Jones. You know, we we talk on a regular basis about everything and anything, uh, big picture. Um, you know tight focus on what we're doing, you know, program wise, you know, and, and more importantly, uh, you know, his biggest interest is, you know, the development of our players, especially our young players. So, but when I, when I look at the, you know, the comments, I mean, 
the thing about Dan, uh, you know, Dan Quinn being here is, was very important to me and our organization. You know, I think it's uh, the reality of it is, you know, Dan and I had visited long before he ever took a, um, a, a head coach interview, frankly, long before the playoffs even started, mm-hmm. you know, about uh, how happy he is here, um, you know, and, and I envy him in some ways where, you know, as a head coach, you get pulled away from the things that really you you were would help you advance in this league. So, I mean, the joy that he was having coordinating, uh, he's been a tremendous asset for me, you know, personally and professionally, just, you know, just having another, uh, you know, another individual with with the experience of of a head coach. So, um, you know, we talked about him staying here, uh, you know, long before he even took it, took the interview. Now, obviously when he took the interview and then this, you know, this, this narrative broke out, uh, I think in reflection to the relationship that Dan and I do have, you know, he just said, "Hey, man, if I'm not comfortable with this narrative, um, you know, if, if if you really feel like I need to take one of these jobs, you know, just be honest with him." And, and I kind of, we kind of laughed about it, and I just said, "Dan, ten to twelve years ago, I, I'd, I'd tell you, please get the hell out of here. I don't want to deal with this." But the, the reality of it is, um, I'm about winning. He's about winning, and the best thing for the Cowboys is for Dan Quinn to be here. And you no, know, obviously, it was his decision his alone, but I, you know, I clearly wanted him to know from, from the start of all that, that, uh, you know, I wanted him here because it, uh, it's, it's in the best interest of us winning. I, I've been at this a long time, Rich. Um, you know, I, I understand, you know, how, how hard it is to win a Super Bowl, And, and so the best thing for us, one of the best you know, for our opportunity to be, um, at the forefront of how we want to do it here, you know, it, it's, it's having Dan Quinn. So, uh, you know, as far as, what happens next and all that? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really uh, just part of the landscape. You know, you know, Jerry's the owner, he's the GM, and I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, always taking a 360 degree view of everything. Um, and I think it's like anything in life. You know, we have a lot of one-on-one conversations. Uh, we we discussed all these things. You know, we we um, you know, I've never once felt that I was not going to be the head coach moving forward. And 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 frankly. I've been at this long enough. That's that's all I'm focused on, and I think the players, the coaches, football operations is is really is my main hold. I'm the leader of this football team, and I'm about winning, and that's that's all I've ever focused on, and that's all I ever will focus on. And um, are these narratives unusual? Absolutely. Um, they're, I've never dealt with anything like this. Um, do I wish I didn't have to come on here and answer questions about it? Yeah, you know. No doubt about it. I wish we were talking about something else, but um, it is part of it's part of our landscape. And um, I, I just think keeping things keeping things real and keeping things focused because at the end of the day, it, it's about the people that you're in charge of. It's about the people you coach, and most importantly, it's about our locker room. And our locker room's about winning. Um, I love our players. Uh, I love I love what they bring to the table. Um, I think the the advancement we made from year one to year two year two was was impressive. Uh, we know we have more to offer. Um, the emotion and the sting of, you know, how we lost is real. Uh, but uh, in my lifetime in this league, uh, it'll make us better. And I truly believe that. So it, it's part of our process and it's part of our hard, hard learning experience. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm not naive to the fact that you you got to take advantage of opportunities when they're in front of you. We did a lot. We did a lot of really good things, and some great things this year. Um, but, you know, we didn't play our best football at the most important time in, in our last game. And that's 
And that's what we have to really focus on moving forward. So uh, next time you see Jerry Jones, uh, have you seen him since these comments came out? Or do you have an oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, All right. I'm, I'm, no, he was at, I haven't seen him since with the Super Bowl. But okay. yeah. Um, All right. So I, did I, you... I talked to him Saturday. Yeah, we talked we talk okay. on a regular basis. So do you say to him, uh, uh, today's just not that day that uh, I, yeah. I realize I'm not going to be the Cowboys coach forever? Today's not that day, right? You did, you, did you talk about this sort of stuff with him? Or you just let it – you just go about – your business and let him address it at some point. You know what I mean? Like, cause it is unusual for an owner to say this sort of stuff, certainly about a coordinator that, that you have a great relationship with and has done a terrific job. I mean, so that's why I'm just wondering, do you, do you address it directly with him at all? Yeah, no, we talked about it. Uh, we, we, we talked about Dan's situation. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we, we talked about Sean Payton's narrative also uh, yeah it's, it's it's been discussed you have discussed yeah. that with him huh? what is what is is anything you can share uh that you have discussed oh, no, I mean, just, it, really the, the just the conversation was you know uh, you and i are in this you know back to back and uh, you know it's a partnership and you know just focus on what we need to do moving forward um and you know and he he made some you know personal comments about you know how, how he feels about it but you know that, that's really for for him and i but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, i'm very very comfortable with our relationship and our dialogue. I mean, it's uh, at the end of the day, uh, we we both want the same thing, and it's uh, and it's to, to you know to win the world championship and and hey, and definitely the narratives are unusual, um, but at the end of the day, I, I think you have to you got to trust the relationships and the, and the communication and the connection that you have in, in our in our leadership group, and it's I think we're doing everything we possibly can to you know to build a championship team here. That is courtesy of the Rich Eisen Show. Again, you can watch it every day on Peacock. Uh, listen to it on Odyssey. They have a podcast as well. You can check out Rich Eisen, the face of NFL Network, on, on social media and his, his show on social media as well, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, not sure if they have a TikTok presence yet, but um, obviously all the like. Um, Sturge, we'll start with you. Um, again, this this was not something we, we had a whole rundown and, and all of you can can swear and attest to this. We had a whole rundown. We had worked it out all day long. We were messaging back and forth. We had a, a whole show planned out, but this kind of just developed um, in, in the final hour or so before we came on. Um, I, 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 where do you want to go, sir? So let's start it off. I just, I mean, it's let's, initial something. reactions and then, and then we'll dive in and, and kind of take some bigger bites, but initial reactions. Initial reaction is that, you know, how does it feel, Mike, that you have to now coach the 2022 season looking over your shoulder the entire time? Like, that's exactly what this has set himself up for. Like, there's no confidence. I'm tired. Like, the entire time he's like, oh, I'm confident that I'll be the coach. You know, I'm confident. I'm con-. No, he's not. He's not. Like, there's no way. No, no red-blooded male could be confident after all that because Jerry Jones basically spun three narratives at him in the course of one month. And, like, that, that how is this fair – to the guy that you want to succeed with this team. I, I just, I don't know. It just let's, seems very unfair to Mike, see, and, I, and I wasn't on I, that board. I want to I want to take a break off of that. Um, so the, the sequence of events, in case somebody is unaware, maybe you, you haven't been following the situation as Sturge, you, you just kind of, you know, everyone, I think most people know, but uh, the Friday after the season ended, Jerry Jones went on 105 through the fan, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, and was non-committal when it came to Mike McCarthy's future as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He was purposefully vague. Um, you know, I personally thought that it was to keep the Cowboys, you know, as in the A block of every NFL network and ESPN show, the, the ensuing Sunday in the division around because the Cowboys were not playing in it. The following Friday, Jerry was done with his normal obligations as far as 
quota is concerned in terms of appearing on the radio, but he did a surprise call in the following Friday, Tom, and then came in and said, no, 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 you guys spun this narrative. You were the ones who made it seem like I was noncommittal on Mike McCarthy, even though he had every opportunity to say Mike McCarthy's coming back for 2022. At this point, the, the second Friday after the season had ended, it had already been announced that Dan Quinn was going to return as defensive coordinator, that he had bowed out of, of other would-be jobs because the, excuse me, the Chicago Bears and Denver Broncos jobs were already filled. Uh, and Jerry said, you guys don't understand. I was purposefully vague about Dan Quinn so as to protect, or excuse me, about Mike McCarthy so as to protect Dan Quinn. I wanted the impression that, that things were afoot a to, to keep Dan Quinn around, despite the fact that he contradicted himself with Kellen Moore still being in the running for the Miami Dolphins job. That was in itself a big old mess, Tom. But so now, you know, these actions have a consequence. And the consequence, to, to Sturge's point, is literally you are negatively impacted impacting the man charged with leading your football team is this a high level of dysfunction or are we overreacting oh i was gonna say before you mentioned it that any suspicions we had about dysfunction at the top of the cowboys management is now concrete solid reality uh this is this is terrible and, and you know in my work life, I've been in positions where I was feeling nervous about the status of my job, sometimes justifiably, sometimes not. But you get ulcers, your stomach roils, you can't sleep at night, wondering if you're still going to be employed. And and I can't imagine having the responsibilities of running the, the prestige franchise of the National Football League, knowing that the owner and general manager does not have your back. Uh, Tony, are you a fan of the TV show Friends? Uh, I'm familiar, not a fan. <laughs> okay, uh, Sturge, Tom, have either of you seen yes, every episode yes. of Friends like I have? Yeah, well, for the most okay. part, yeah. Thank you, Sturge. Okay. Well, Tony, this is Tony's question, but Sturge gets the points. Um, that early on in the show, everybody knows about Ross and Rachel. They're sort of the classic you know, sitcom couple. Uh, but early on, when they're finally starting to get together, Ross is in a in a difficult spot. He has a girlfriend. Her name is Julie. And he can't decide if he wants to break up with her in, in favor of, of finally dating Rachel. And so somebody says, you know what, make a pros and cons list, right? Like that that's what I do when I'm faced with tough decisions in my life. So he makes a pros and cons list about each of them. And Rachel finds it. And so she she reads her cons, you know, that that, that Ross views about her. And, and this hurts her deeply. And she has a line, and I can't remember what it is verbatim off the top of my head but she says imagine the one person you you care about most thinking the same flaws of you that you yourself think to be true and that's kind of what mike mccarthy's going through is it not tony i mean like the you know it, it's one like we all we're all you know uh, sensitive and we all are insecure in our own ways and so we all have like things we we adjust in the mirror or whatever and so mike mccarthy has them and so it's one thing for any other person to acknowledge those to be truth but for this specific person to do it and to do it as publicly as jerry did who can blame mccarthy for being this pissed i mean absolutely i mean think about this for a second just this is so dallas cowboys it's crazy because in what world d does the owner you know, tongue in cheek or candidly say some things that probably should be behind closed doors between him and his family only that the owner, you know, comes out and says, you know, whether if it's Sean Payton or Dan Quinn, whoever the case may be, you know, the, somebody's breathing down your neck at all times while you're going to be the head coach of this team. And hey, I know you had a first round exit, but like even more now you got more fire under your feet for this next season. And it's 
it's kind of it's i mean it's honestly cringeworthy the way this has been handled why does mike mccarthy have to 48 hours removed from a super bowl have to go and defend his honor and rich eisen show and and just say like you know i'm about winning and and i mean i read through the lines of that mostly probably like you did and it's like mike mccarthy had to in a couple times say I'm all about winning. I don't know what they're all about here, but all I want to do is win football games and all this extracurricular is not what I came here to do. So, yeah, Dan Quinn, you may be taking my job a year or two from now, but I I want to win here and I think you can help us. And that's such an awkward position to be in. Sturch, I want to go back to something you said. Um, You said, why would you kind of clip the wings of of the the man who's who's charged with leading your team? It's the same way that the Cowboys kind of bet against Dak Prescott, you know, when they placed the franchise tag on him, because if in that world, you know, if he succeeds, you lose because you have to pay an exorbitant amount of money, which they ultimately had to do. If he fails, you lose because he's playing for your team. And so this is the same sort of thing just two or three years later, I suppose, um, two years later, I guess, if you look at the franchise tag of 2020, where Oh, like on on the one hand, I think there is a sector of Cowboys fans that will come at you and say, you know what? I like that Jerry is is motivating McCarthy. I like that McCarthy's got to sleep with one eye open or whatever. But this is toxic. This is not you know motivational. This is a different kind of thing. Or, or maybe you think it is you know you know the the kind of rough tough love that McCarthy might need. No, I mean, look, name another owner in the NFL that does this stuff. Like, honestly, like the, the media spots, the radio shows, the, the the segments on like we're here sitting here literally turned our entire rundown upside down because Jerry and uh, decided to open his mouth a week ago. And all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy finally gets on the air and gets to clear his name, which shout out to McCarthy for doing that, because, you know, otherwise he looks like the coward, honestly. Like if he's just sitting back like, oh, I'm just lame duck coach and don't worry about me. Yuck, yuck, yuck. You know, like, no, man, he got to defend his honor. He got to go on the Rich Eisen show, do his thing. I just think that it's 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 so it, it's the word that Tony used cringeworthy, man. Like this is the stuff that we don't need. Two days later, when most of the Dallas Cowboys media is focusing on, you know, what salary things we got to do, or what who are we going to take in the draft, or this, that, and the third. All of a sudden, we're like, oh, by the way, uh, did you guys think Mike McCarthy was going to be the coach? Because now we have more things to spin on that too. Like, why? We're supposed to be prepping for next year. How are we going to do that with a coach that doesn't even know he's going to be here halfway through the year? Tom, Mike McCarthy is, is very deserving of criticism. He has done nothing but deflect. He, he has yet to own up to any failure from the Dallas Cowboys. He has yet to take any sort of responsibility. The, the primary deflection that he leans on is, I know how to win. I know how to build a championship team. I've done it before. I'm here to win. That's the company line as far as Mike McCarthy is concerned. Do you think this is... And and I don't want to dive too much into the psyche of Mike McCarthy. I don't think any of us are like licensed clinicians or psychologists. But do you think this is coming purely from a place of hurt? Or do you think this is strategy? Because now we're at a point where this is so toxic, where it's kind of every man for himself. Mike McCarthy might be feeling like, you know what? This looks this looks south. This this looks like it's it's not going to go as well as we want it to go. This is a pretty toxic environment. I still have a career if I'm dismissed by the Dallas Cowboys. Good luck, DQ or Sean Payton, whoever comes here. But if I move on somewhere else, I need everybody to know that I have a backbone, that this isn't on me, that this is part of the environment and the circus that Jerry Jones creates. Do you think there's any level of strategy from Mike McCarthy to, to kind of push some blame onto Jerry, to get all of us to sit here on the roundtable and say, this is Jerry, this is who he is, this is the Cowboys always blah 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 ever since 95 whatever i mean can you buy that a little bit 
a little bit, but I think this is mostly about McCarthy just saying, I've had enough and I'm going to stand up and be a little bit of a man about this and push back. Uh, you know, and, and we, we're all under- cool with that, right? If that's the case, we're yeah. all in, in endorsing it, this. Okay, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, ha- having seen this, I, I my opinion of McCarthy's a little bit better than it was before watching that clip. Uh, you know, you've got to have some toughness. You've got to be willing to stake out your territory as a head coach. Uh, it's extremely difficult in Dallas, and McCarthy is at least taking a run at it and trying to back down Jerry. I, I don't know if it'll do any good because Jerry has this horrible habit of taking all the things that maybe a GM should keep in his mind because you never know day-to-day if you might suddenly need to make a change in head coach. You've got to have contingencies mapped out. You've got to have an idea of what your plan would be. But you don't share that with everybody at the bar all the time where you know that the people that are involved in all this that are affected by it are going to hear it. You keep that very close, very quiet. Maybe you just keep it totally inside yourself. Jerry Jones has always been basically incapable of that. When it gets to his mind, when there's a microphone in front of him, it comes out. But this, more disturbingly, this seems so deliberate on Jerry Jones's part to air this all out and spread it before us. And I don't know what he's setting up. It makes me think of Stephen Jones and his Demarcus Lawrence, Amari Cooper comments. Is Jerry Jones prepping us for dumping McCarthy all of a sudden? Why in the world would he do it now? And, you know, we can go into Sean Payton conspiracy theories, but I think there's problems on that side too. So I just, this it's, it's maddening when you follow a team and root for it to see the owner and general manager just throwing grenades out there at random drives you crazy. Some men just want to watch the world burn, Tom. Uh, you mentioned Sean Payton. You wrote about him um, in an article that should be going out soon at blogontheboys.com. Um, in that article is an episode from our podcast network, the 750. It was myself and Bobby Belt filling in for Tony uh, Casillas, not Tony Catalina, of course. Um, and, and one of the things that, that Bobby and I talked about, Tony Catalina, is how the, the, the fact that the season ended the way it did kind of, kind of like justified the meme of who the Cowboys are. Like it was more than just the season ending. That's a hard enough thing to process. And I want to get into y'all's personal takeaways from this in, in just a moment. But this is kind of that. Is it not, Tony? Like this is kind of like we all have friends, especially I know you two dudes who live in the Northeast. You know, you you deal with a lot of people every single day that are, are fans of other teams and more successful teams, to be frank. Uh, teams that have won Super Bowls since they could buy lotto tickets and, you know, have a drink at the bar legally, things like that. Um and so in, in the spirit of that, is this the Cowboys kind of becoming the meme of, of oh, Jerry just runs a circus? Like, Because that hasn't always been them in our adult lives. But is, is this that, Tony? It's hard to say it isn't. I mean, this is everything that's difficult about being a Dallas Cowboy or a Dallas <laughs> Cowboy coach has nothing to do with on the field X's and O's. I mean, it's it's everything else. I mean, Chidobe Awuzie is playing in a Super Bowl, and in his Super Bowl media availability, he's like, it's too much about the glitz and the glamour. I'm ready exactly like he said. I just want to play football. And, you know, now you take it to the point where, like Tom said, Jerry should have just kept this to himself. If this is a private conversation between the Jones Family Trust, like, just leave that 
Leave that there. There's no reason that Mike McCarthy has to go on Rich Eisen and defend his honor. It, it really does look like a clown show at this point. And, it, and it's really tough to come on here and defend and try to say, well, it's not all Jerry Jones's fault and the players got to be accountable. And, you know, Mike McCarthy's got to get it done. But it's like how many other teams or in all of sports, do you have an owner that is absolutely meddling in every single thing you do in every decision? I mean, this man is making football decisions and he's out here doing wheel and dealing. The whole thing is it's it's crazy. It really is a wild circus. And, yeah, we're a living meme at this point. Johnny Boy RN says it's difficult to take the organization serious when it feels like the brand takes priority over the team. I know we all agree with that. Uh, okay, personal takeaways, primary takeaways that each of you had. Sturch, we'll start with you. I know you wanted to touch on Mike McCarthy said in the interview with Rich Eisen, and again, everybody go to the Rich Eisen Show YouTube channel and, and see the whole thing for yourself. This was just eight minutes of, of the whole interview. Uh, but among the things he said, Sturch, was, was that he had a conversation with Dan Quinn um, that they were constantly in communication in the process. This this is something Jerry did kind of say, you know, when when he set this house on fire. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sturge, but Mike McCarthy sort of intimated that Dan yeah. Quinn turned down a head coaching opportunity because McCarthy asked him to. What, what was your takeaway? Yeah, no, I was kind of, that was like kind of jumped out at me when I'm listening to this. This is the second time I heard this and second time around, it even feels even worse. Um, I'm thinking now that Dan Quinn was offered a job like it was offered a job and like sometimes when like like Kellen Moore for example was not offered a job so now he can you know tucks his tail gets back to the Cowboys and then he can spin it however he wants he could be like well I've always wanted to be here you know I've always wanted to come back and finish what we started and all that jazz right but like Dan Quinn I feel like maybe the Giants did offer him a job or maybe Minnesota or, or Chicago or, or Denver one of these teams could have come out and said look you're our guy if you want to be here Right. And then like, you know, then he probably went back to McCarthy and said, look, just so you know, Denver or X, Y, Z is offering me this job. You know, what do you think? And Mike McCarthy can either say, nah, man, you can't leave. We got business, unfinished business here in Dallas. Come on back or say. And he just said in the interview, he said 10 years ago, 11 years ago, says, get on out of here. Goodbye. You know, but now he thinks that the closer, you know, the, the, the team is closest to winning when Dan Quinn is available uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. So. I think that Dan Quinn might have turned down a job, and that's that's pretty telling considering now not only did Dan Quinn turn down a job to work with Mike McCarthy again, but now Dan Quinn has turned down a job to work with Mike McCarthy again and Jerry Jones. Like, you're now staying in the circus. So I don't know if this is the best decision for Dan Quinn. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
So I, I think Sturge and, and Tom, I want to come to you next on this. You know, McCarthy is kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth here because you mentioned the 10 to 12 years ago comment. So he says, um, you know, 10 to 12 years ago as a coach, I would have asked Dan Quinn to take the job. So McCarthy's effectively saying, and y'all can nod if you agree, I would not have wanted that pressure around. I, I would have wanted, you know, that that coach to, to get out of here so that I could kind of coach freely and, and not have that stress. Then why are you out here complaining with Rich Eisen? Like nobody's disagreeing that you have a right to complain, but but if, if you really are are that strong, McCarthy, and, and it, it really does not bother you to have him around, then why are you here, Tony, as you said, defending your honor? If you're truly that unshaken, Tom, why is Mike McCarthy doing this whole process? Because again, this was purposeful and, and it was clearly purposeful because he said, I wish I didn't have to be here, you know, answering these questions. And so I think McCarthy's kind of trying to to have it both ways here. Well, uh I'd see it more as, as McCarthy is seeing this as an adversarial relationship with his own owner and general manager. And he's got to stand up because, you know, it, it, as I said, what what's coming next? Is, is this an indication that, that Jerry has already decided he's moving on uh, at the end of this season at the latest? Uh, you know, what What does this really mean? I can understand how if I was McCarthy seeing all this stuff in the, the media and not knowing what he's hearing directly from Jerry or Stephen Jones, you know, he, he, he doesn't know. He's, I think he's setting up to fight back and do what he has to, as you said, to come out of this looking as good as he can. And, and I just can't understand if, if, if Jerry Jones is thinking, well, okay, this wasn't the right solution and you need to move on. Uh, so I need to some, have somebody else come and live in this house of the Dallas Cowboys head coach. But first I'm going to take some big steaming dumps in the living room. You know, why are you poisoning the nest for the, for the next guy? How are you, what is How does this make the job more attractive to somebody? That, Tony, I want to take I'll- it. I want to come to you next to because this is a great point that, that Sturge brought up and that Tom has added to here. Million points for both of you guys as Tom takes a swig of water. I hope that's water. Um, so, Tony, Johnny Boy RN says, and I just want your, your straight up answer first. Would Dan Quinn return to work with McCarthy or did he return for a chance to replace him? In your heart of hearts, Tony, what do you believe was Dan Quinn's motivation? He's, he's a team guy or he, he believes he can have that seat in 2023? I fully believe that he did it so he could one day re- replace Mike McCarthy. Sturch, you disagree. You think Dan Quinn's just that nice? I, I for whatever reason, I, I feel like he found his niche again, being a defensive coordinator, found that passion, found you we all saw how animated he was, how energetic he was. He's a defensive coordinator now. He's not the center of attention. I think he likes this role. And I think what he, the relationship he started with this Dallas Cowboys defense, he wants to see that through. And I I don't know if he's you know if he takes his job, he takes his job. I don't think that was the intent, no. Tom, break the tie. What do you think? Oh, I think, remember, he just won assistant coach of the year. I think he's found his sweet spot where he's more comfortable. Mm. Uh, Being a head coach and being a coordinator is a different level of of responsibility and involvement with your players. And and like Sturt said, I think this is Quinn's happy place. Okay, that's fine if you two agree with that. But it's impossible not to think the other thing if you're McCarthy, right? Like at the very least, it has entered McCarthy's realm of thought that Dan Quinn might be coming for his job. You can both at least agree with that, that McCarthy might be 
he has to be viewing it that way with the way Jerry Jones talked. That's the whole impetus for this whole discussion here. So then like, how can, maybe this is all like public, but search like, how can, like, if you're Mike McCarthy, can you not trust Dan Quinn as far as you can throw him? Like, you know, Dan Quinn might be the wolf hiding in sheep's clothing. I don't know if this is so conniving, like you're, you're drawing it up. To it be could like, like but no, but if, if, it, if Mike McCarthy is, is pressed to the point that he has to come out here to do this, like who can he trust? You know what I'm saying? If, if he's yeah, truly think, back I to think- this corner. I think McCarthy feels like he's definitely on a, on an island right now by himself. Like, is this is like Survivor, and he's got his torch, and he's waiting. Like, you know, he's just waiting. To be clear, to fight. everybody's on the island in Survivor. It's not just a single man thing. It seems like you've never watched the show. Embarrassing moment for you. Stitch. I've never watched the show. Not one moment of that show. But wow. I will say, I will say this. Like, I don't know. Like he said, how many times did he tell Rich Eisen that? Like, oh, you know, me and Dan have talked, and we've said we're going, we both want to win, and this, that, and the third. I don't know if like McCarthy's sitting there, like, oh, you know, we talked, we had a great conversation. But I think he's after my job, but I'm not really I'm not in favor of Dan Quinn right now. He's not going to come out and say it. We just have to make our speculations and make our assumptions. But at the end of the day, I think uh, I think they have a good relationship and they might even, to be honest with you, they might be texting on the phone like, can you believe Jerry? Can you believe this jerk? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they might be going back and forth and saying like this is an absolute S show. You know, I think you and I think you and Tom are I I would love to believe that Dan Quinn is that noble of a person and that kind of a human being but tony correct me if i'm wrong like that's in it that's an incredibly large amount of slack to give a human like to give any human being you know like that's that's like you you know tony going to dinner and, and leaving your wallet on the table when you go to the restroom like it's the same sort of thing like you can you can't trust your fellow man in some instances i mean i don't just to clarify i don't i don't think that dan maybe is is uh evil in his plan as i you know maybe projected yeah here. I, I'm with you. I, no, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying Quinn has like ill motivations, but like right. that path exists, and and McCarthy has to be aware of that. The way the way I kind of look at it is Dan Quinn saw a bunch of head coaching jobs that didn't really you know tickle his fancy. You know, let me dip my toe in the water. I mean, you're not gonna interview for six hours, five hours with all these teams and and meet with all these coaches and these owners to because you don't want to be a head coach. I think what he realized is I like being here. I think I think if the way it goes, the way I think it can go, and I don't think it's sabotage. I don't think it's anything like that. I think maybe the way Jerry speaks publicly may be a little more poignant in a private conversation with Dan Quinn. Like, hey, if you're here, you know, look what you did for this defense. You have a winning pedigree. Uh, I don't like the way, you know, I'm just speculating here. I don't like the way Mike McCarthy is, so to speak, handling the situation. I think Dan thinks he could stay here, be comfortable with the defense that he's building, and then, hey, you know, if the job opens up, Dan Quinn, this is a job that Dan Quinn might be happy to take. He doesn't want to be a Giants coach. I know he's a Giants fan, but, I mean, the, the, compar- the comparison of situations is not even in the same stratosphere. Y'all, has anybody here seen the movie Pearl Harbor? The movie. I've been mean, after a while. Okay, so y'all recall uh, in the movie, I know, ben, I know the ben event. <laughs> well, oh, Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett are best buds in the movie. Like they're best friends. They've been best friends since they were kids, and then they're in the army together. Obviously, stationed at Pearl Harbor. And Ben Affleck uh, has a, a woman he's in love with, Liv Tyler, right? Plays her, I believe. Um, and so you know, Ben Affleck is like super in love, gonna get married as, as soon as he's you know he's done with the army. They're gonna grow up on a farm, or I don't remember exactly what the details are. But he goes on this secret mission because remember he's trying to protect Josh Hartnett. Like he's always been kind of the big brother to him. And remember they they think he's killed in in battle. They think Ben Affleck's killed in battle. And Liv Tyler is just, I mean. 
obviously grief stricken. I mean, who, you know, the love of her life is gone. What, what, what is she to do? Her whole world has been shattered. Her and Josh Hartnett, he's lost his best friend. They're both trying to cope and they fall in love. And like, in this case, Josh Hartnett is Dan Quinn and Liv Tyler is the Dallas Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like Josh Hartnett's been like, he cannot just be comfortable being this third wheel. You know what I mean? Like this entire time, like he can't, it, it just, it's not in, if, if we all believe Dan Quinn is truly the competitor that we have chalked him up to be, which is fair. He, he has to strive for that. He wouldn't have taken any head coaching interview if he was truly this completely, totally satisfied with having a ceiling on him of being a defensive coordinator. So that, that ends that part of this discussion. Tom, what was your biggest takeaway? The biggest bite of meat you want to take out of this massive rip? Just the massive destruction that Jerry Jones is doing to the organization for no reason at all. You know, your most important person in your organization uh, should be your head coach. And this, he's just basically screamed to the world, you really don't want to come work for me. Uh, and it just, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I, and I sometimes wonder if his thought process is as convoluted as what comes out of his mouth, because if it is, I don't know for sure that he has any idea where he's really going. I, it just feels like a guy that plays it by, by ear that whatever he feels on a given day is what he's going to talk about. And, and that's what we're forced to live with. Uh, Tony, is Jerry not the real life application of Michael Scott? Sometimes I start a sentence, I have no idea where it's going. I just kind of ultimately end up in that place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's so funny. Like, yeah, he puts his foot in his mouth and then retracts. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Sturge, it's I I I don't. And like, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I don't want to sit here because we're all pissed off and bitter about the way the season ended. But Sturge is. Is this not the largest L of an offseason? Like, like this is the biggest L hanging around Jerry's neck. Like, I, I, I can't think of a time where this many Cowboys fans were as out on him as they are. And, like, no, to be clear, no Cowboys fan is, like, swearing off the Cowboys. But, Sturch, there is a level of apathy that, that is – we all see it. We all experience it. We all kind of feel it in, in, in our work. And so, I, I mean, I, I think that now Jerry's just – he, he's he's just peddling the Cowboys now. He, he's 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 uh you know he's just trying to sell. Them. He's actually a salesman trying to sell them as opposed to the 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 what's what's the name of the person in the circus with the top hat like the main guy the, ringmaster. the ring ringmaster. Instead of being the ringmaster, he's now like a door to door salesman when it comes to the Cowboys. Is that fair, Sturge? Uh, yeah, I guess it's fair. I just look every year this happens. Every year we you know what it is. It's like you know and I compared this to like. I compared this to my mother, right? <laughs> like, it's like, this is not supposed to get deeper and like that, but like everybody was asked me as years go by, how's your mom? Right. And I'm just like, well, she's mom, you know, like anybody who's known my mom knows my mom. So anybody who's known Jerry, like how are the Cowboys doing? Well, they're the Cowboys, you know? And like, how's, is Jerry getting better? No. Nah, well, it's Jerry. Like, this is not ever going to change unfortunately and i and i compared it to a uh, a small business like the, the dallas cowboys is a small family-owned business right things will not change unless this team gets a con complete culture shock and sells the team and we know we know without a shadow of a doubt it's not going to happen right so this and i say small business yes they have like a gajillion dollars i get that but i'm, I'm saying like it's in-house 
All the decisions are made in-house. They don't go and ask others' opinions. They barely even ask Mike McCarthy his opinion. Like, this is the, this is the problem with this team that, you know, it's Jerry. And now we're stuck with it. And now it is, I think, after this season, if you look around the Twitterverse, right, and you look around the, the comments in this chat, right, it's 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 comedy now. Now it's now it's not like I'm so mad, I'm so angry, I'm so bitter about the Cowboys. It's almost just like you're laughing. You're like, this is hilarious. Like this Cowboys team has completely spun off the rails because of the guy in charge, not the players on the field, not the coaches on the sidelines. It starts at the top. I've been saying that for years, and it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Tom FK Crutch, uh, thank you for the super chat. Asks, is this a Jerry problem or a Jones family problem? Tom, you have to answer that. Go ahead. Oh, I'm scared to death this is a Jones family problem because that means we're facing it for decades to come. <laughs> you know, it's just going to pass down to, to, to Stephen, who shows m- many of the same traits. Remember, he's out there downplaying DeMarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper in public at a time when the Cowboys should be figuring out how they can get everything working under the cap. So he'll just carry on, do the same kind of things, and, you know, then – he'll pass it on and to someone who's been raised in the Jones family way and they'll probably just continue it on. So yeah, I think we're stuck with this unless at some point in the future, they decide they want to cash in on this incredible resource they have and, and let somebody else deal with this. Tony, um, Sturge is probably the biggest Homer um, of the blog of the boys network, but you are maybe the biggest romantic in that you, you believe in the purity of this team, but I feel like you were really scorned, um, by the way, this season ended and, and maybe, maybe, you know, the wound cut deeper for you than it did for a lot of us. Not, not to say it didn't cut deep. Um, but I mean, are, are, are you at that, do you feel stuck? Like, like, you know, like, I don't know that any of us have ever felt stuck before. Like, we felt sad. There, there's a difference between feeling sad and feeling disappointed and feeling stuck. Do you feel stuck, Tony Catalina? I think you honestly hit the nail on the head. I mean, I've been a fan of this team all my life, and, you know, I'm so used to heartbreak. I'm used to this team, like, ripping my heart out every single year. But as we sit here, the Super Bowl has been over. I still haven't gotten over the way this year went. And, I, you know, maybe it's because I'm – you know, covering the team, maybe I'm more involved into it, but I just felt in a more intimate way that this team had the ability to to do something different that I haven't seen in 26 years. And I think it, it's perfectly said how you kind of labeled that question to me, RJ. I'm I'm in a in a spot where I've maybe I'm seeing things for what they are now. Like I, the blinders are off, and now I'm kind of seeing like wow. This, this Jerry stuff is not this is not normal this is tough to defend and like you know maybe I'm trying to take a step back and I'm seeing the full picture a little clearer now I'm starting to notice you know there is some there is some things going on here that I am not in love with so yeah it's a tough deal Tom I want to come back to you near the end of the interview McCarthy mentioned Sean Payton um, he, he's, he's talking about how he saw Jerry at the Super Bowl obviously two days ago at the time of our live stream um, and he says that Jerry made some personal comments on how he feels about it that was what stood out to me that I, and I don't want to read into it I don't want to be that guy but Tom that that sounds like there was a there was a a, a, a little bit of a tizzy there, there was a little bit of a of a spat there was a little bit of a somebody said something they can't take back you know am I am I reaching a little bit Tom or, or do you kind of get that vibe from what McCarthy said as well well, McCarthy didn't say we cleared the air. We've got things worked out. We've come to an understanding. He said, 
we had personal comments and I thought I may have included some F-bombs and allusions to parentage and stuff. So I he also said we'll Pretty leave those fun. between us. He, he made it a point to, to add that that disclosure of privacy to your point, Tom. Yeah, and that's usually what you say about stuff when the, the conversation is not one you really would like to have made public. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see any sign of hope from that. I just I think this is and as was mentioned, I think I think Tony said earlier when we were getting set up for everything. This is going to be season long. This isn't going to go away real quick. It's going to be bubbling in the background, no matter what. Even if there's nothing really coming out of the team, it's out there in the media world now, and it's going to get thrown up. You know, every time somebody doesn't have a good lead for their uh, morning shouting show over on one of the major networks, that this is going to come up again. Sturch, I, I think. This situation, the Sean Payton thing, not the Dan Quinn thing. Because Dan Quinn's on the coaching staff. Like, what can you do about it? But the Sean Payton thing feel is very reminiscent of the Earl Thomas situation, right? It, it very much feels like, oh, the two are in the room. They're locking eyes, right? Like, they're just waiting for Give Me Everything by Pitbull to come on, and then they're hitting the dance floor. And so, I, I mean, but, but that was a situation where, because of league rules, the Cowboys could not talk about him, right? You know, anytime it was, well, you know, we're, we, we were fans of all players, but, you know, we're focused on the guys on our building. But they can talk about Sean Payton. And it was one thing that this was going to be a thing, regardless, to Tom's point. The moment Sean Payton retired, this was going to be a thing. But Jerry added to it. And and that's where I think the disappointment comes in. Like, that's that's where it does feel like the moment they, they lose the opener, the moment they lose at home for the first time, they lose on prime time, whatever, the offense is flat, McCarthy says the wrong thing or stumbles or, or crosses his words like he does sometimes. It, I mean, th- this, this is a thing. Like, this, is, this, is, this either ends with McCarthy winning the Super Bowl or being fired in embarrassing fashion, right? Like, there's no in-between here. There, there's literally no gray area going forward. I'm telling you right now, Mike McCarthy has to win the 2022-23 Super Bowl right now. Like, and that's it. It's the only way he's the coach in 2023. That is it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no ounce of me that thinks he's here past that. He's got to make not only the leap to the NFC title game, but win the whole damn thing. You know what I mean? Because if not, Sean Payton will be your head coach. And I don't even think, like I said, I don't even think that Dan Quinn is the guy in waiting. I honestly think this is a whole Sean Payton narrative where – you didn't have to say anything, you didn't, but but knowing that we are who we are as Cowboys media people, we knew, we knew as soon as Sean Payton uttered the words, I'm not coming back, right? You, you just knew that we were going to have to run with this because Jerry was going to run with it. It's one thing for us to speculate. It's one thing for us to assume, right? But Jerry Jones doesn't give you even a chance to assume. He's already on you. He's already on the fan. He's already doing his thing. So it's like Jerry, you didn't even give him a chance to digest this. Jerry is like like marvel you know like he's like if you saw the trailer for well if you saw the trailer for the new doctor strange at the end of it was the voice of patrick stewart who who plays professor xavier in in the x-men films and so that's jerry jerry's the one dropping that breadcrumb so that every marvel fan can run with the theory oh boom the x-men are back like they're coming into the marvel cinematic universe like that's purposefully what jerry's doing um so i i do very much believe that tony a different question because if we do buy that McCarthy is walking taller, McCarthy's saying, "You know what, bro? Not like this. I'm I'm not going out like this, man. No way. I am Frank Sinatraing this thing. I'm doing this my way." And if we believe, and I don't know that we believe this, I know Sturch doesn't, but if we believe that McCarthy knows 
that Ezekiel Elliott is not the best running back on his team, but he's been saddled with that situation because of the ownership. Do we think that if McCarthy is truly committed to, you know what, man, like, I'm not going out as somebody's puppet, like, I'm going to do things my way, that he might adjust things and he might, you know, play Tony Pollard more in this case. He might affect those things that have seemingly been indications of Jerry Jones's fingerprints on the roster. Yeah, I, I, if, if Mike McCarthy is going to go, like you said, you know, going out swinging, he has to make those decisions. And I, and to me, I think Ezekiel Elliott specifically, I think the reason why someone like that plays is because he's like, I'm not coming off the field. It's a competitor you can respect. You can respect the, the way he wants to attack that. But more to what the point you're speaking about now is Mike McCarthy is probably having uncomfortable conversations with Jerry Jones. Do I think Jerry Jones is meddling in, in, you know, playing time based on finances? Sure. I mean, at this point, it's hard not to believe anything, you know, that Jerry's, you're not going to do anything, but Mike McCarthy, if he, if he's doing anything, but trying to win this football game or a football game of the championship at all, and he's not, you know, doing everything in his power, then everything he's saying is, is, is falling on death ears for me because it, I would rather if Tony Pollard's your man and that's who you want and Amari Cooper needs to get force fed the football and you're not doing that because you think that's what Jerry Jones wants, then then you didn't go out swinging. And all that is just lip service and I don't believe anything you're saying. So, yeah, you go out there and you try to give your best players the football and you'll deal with the conversation after the fact. You want to see Jerry in the locker room? Fine by me. We'll deal with it then. With but a here's win. this W. Right. With Take a win. that W. With a win. Right. Well, Period. Tom, we all thought, and I know, uh, like, you know, Bob Sturm has really kind of, you know, pounded this drum very hard. We all thought McCarthy was coming in Bill Parcell style, that he was coming in with the credentials, with the resume to make these decisions. But he has looked no different than the staff that preceded him, which has been perhaps the most disappointing part of McCarthy's tenure so far. But in that sense, I wrote something a few weeks ago at the site that said, I believe before uh, Mike McDaniel was hired as the Dolphins head coach, that, that Mike McCarthy should call plays for the Cowboys, regardless of whether or not Kellen Moore returned for this very reason, because I want to know, I mean, I'm out on McCarthy. But I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I, I don't want McCarthy to be able to sit here a year from now and say, well, you know what? I didn't get to run my offense. I was saddled with Kellen Moore when I took this job and I've been trying to make hay with him and he's the problem. I'm not. Just watch my offense in 2023. We're getting back on track. But this is a different point. I still maintain that belief. But Tom, Shouldn't McCarthy say, you know what, like if if I truly got to do this, like if it's me against the world, I am not handing the keys over to Jerry's chosen prince, Kellen Moore. I'm taking them. And if I fail, at least I can fail knowing it was my way. But I mean, if if he if he does, to Tony's point, if he just lets Kellen calls plays, if, if he lets them hand the ball off to Zeke 22 times a game, if, if he lets them throw it at Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper, I mean, then all this is just fake outrage that he's going out and, and just doing for no reason with Rich Eisen. Yeah. Well, the thing is, this this is, isn't over. This is McCarthy essentially counterpunched here, and so we got to wait and see what's going to come back. Uh, it it may be time that. McCarthy might have to consider laying some ultimatums on the table about he gets to do it his way. And if he doesn't get it, is there a point at which Mike McCarthy could decide to pull the plug and just say, no, I'm out of here. I'm not going to face this year under this kind of a cloud. He, was, and he walks and leaves Jerry holding the bag. Uh, I think that's something that I'm not saying it's likely, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. This this situation is getting bad, and if 
Jerry and Steven don't step up and do something to fix it fast, it could just deteriorate. Uh, Aiden has checked in in the comment section for anyone who hasn't seen. Says, huge fan. You guys are doing great, except for the one guy in the Yankees hat. Um, so <laughs> shout out to see how much airtime Aiden gets next week. That's fun. Uh, Tony, your personal takeaway. Uh, we got to Tom's. We got to Sturch's. What was what was your kind of like, holy crap, I can't believe this happened? It's just more so of what I think I was trying to um, stop myself from believing about Jerry Jones and this team. I think at mm. the end of the day. Mm. Santa know, Claus wanna... isn't real, Tony. Sorry. Exactly. This is the moment. <laughs> you know, I just wrapped. I unopened. I just opened my last present and you looked at me and you said, you know, I bought all these. Santa Claus isn't real. So now <laughs> you sit in there and you're saying, no, Jerry Jones wants to win. He tells us every year that he would give away anything to win another championship. And it's just like, but why do you go on, you know, national television, undermine your head coach, talk about guys who aren't here, um, tell Dan Quinn, you know, dangle the carrot over his head. You could be the guy in, oh, Mike McCarthy knows he's not going to be here forever. Yeah, but is forever a year from now? Or like, what are we talking about? So as far as I'm concerned, the extracurriculars that Chidobe Awuzie said, and it's it's hit me a hundred different directions since this football season has come to an end in a in a way that I truly didn't believe it was going to. I under my wildest dreams did I not think that we were going to be advancing on into the playoffs because to me this team felt different. And then it was kind of like um, I don't know who it was, but there was that actor that pulled the mask off, and it was his face. It was the same face. I'm like. I can you can pull the wool out of your eyes and it's going to be the same person the, the Cowboys are what they are. And this is just more so of the same for me. And it's going to be a year long situation where if Mike McCarthy doesn't win, it's going to be talked about. And if Mike McCarthy does win, it's like, look at that. Jerry was right to put the feet to the coal. So it's it's just more of the same for me. Tom, do you have in hindsight more or less respect for Jason Garrett? After, you know, hearing this, um, do you have more respect in, in the sense of, man, this this is a tough gig, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, this ain't an easy thing for a human being to do? Or do you have less respect in saying, man, he really let Jerry walk all over him to, to hold this job for a decade? Uh, because I think it could go both ways. Yeah, I, I would tend to go that I think. Jason was doing what he had to do to keep the job as long as he had. Um, There's a difference but, between keeping the job and excelling at the job, though, to be clear. Well, and that was the thing. I think the thing that doesn't really add to the respect is that he sacrificed excelling, perhaps, in order to just keep the job and the title and, and stay where he was. Uh, but I don't know that he ever had much choice because it seems kind of evident that Jerry's going to do it his way and the head coach has to figure how to ride with it or not. Well, to that point, Tom, he didn't really have much of a choice because he didn't have the cachet with any other NFL franchise, right? Like who, what other team was going to, you know, covet him the way the Dallas Cowboys did based on his, his life and his career. And, and obviously his, uh, his father's connection to the franchise and whatnot. That was never going to be the same elsewhere. The only time it was ever going to be the same was in 2008 when he was, you know, on the radar and, and the choice of the Baltimore Ravens or the Atlanta Falcons. And so to that point, Sturch, you were nodding your head when uh, the discussion was happening about Mike McCarthy walking away. Johnny Boy RN says, if McCarthy walks away from the Cowboys, it would be a huge indictment of Jerry Jones in the organization. Regardless of his ego, it doesn't look good when the coach quits the team. Bill Parcells did kind of quit. There was a, a little bit of quit there. I mean, he just not had apples enough. to apples. Um, but 
Mike McCarthy is not exactly viewed as a successful head coach by the national media or the national narrative. And if he were to say, you know what, dude, this ain't it. I'm, I would rather, <laughs> I would rather walk away than deal with it. That would be like the lowest of low moments for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I said it right before we started the show. I said McCarthy might quit. Like it's to the point where, look, every man has its has his breaking point. Every man, like there's there's certain things in, in anybody's walks of life that your boss has just said, you know, the enough wrong things or caused enough narratives within your life that you're just like, you know what, f this, I'm out, and, and just leave. You know, like there's been times I've done it in my life where I'm just like, you know what? You scheduled me one more Sunday. I'm out of here. Right. Sunday comes. I quit. Right. But I'm saying like, honestly, McCarthy is in a position now where I think as much as all this, this craziness has gone on because of Jerry Jones, I think the ball is in McCarthy's court here. Like he's going to go out. I was going to say this when we were talking about the Zeke thing for a second. You know, I alluded. I'm not a Lakers fan. But you were in a fit of rage. Yeah. Well, I I was. uh, I. The Lakers, uh, I was going to bring up a point about the Lakers. I know you mentioned the Lakers before. Nobody really likes the Lakers here, but they're, you know, the Lakers head coach made a move about a month ago, right, where uh, Russell Westbrook was just hitting the side of the backboard. He was awful. He's an all-star. He makes like a trillion dollars a year. And he said, you know what? You're out, bro. And he benched him with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter when they needed somebody to make a shot. So, and he probably went into, you know, the owner of the Lakers and said, look, I'm coaching for my job here, man. Like I, I have to win games. If this guy's chucking up bricks, I gotta make I gotta make an adjustment. So will Mike McCarthy be that guy? I don't I don't know. I don't know. This it's either he walks and he says I don't want to deal with this crap anymore, or he's gonna say, look, this is my team. I'm gonna coach it the way I need to coach it. If you want me to win a Super Bowl, then let me do my thing. If not, let me know. And super if the Super Bowl is not the important goal of this organization, let me know because I'll go try to, you know, take my talents to Miami, you know, in reference to LeBron James, not actually Miami Dolphins, but like, you know, just leave town. That's I think he's got options. I I think our hope is is that it has that effect, right? That McCarthy says, you know what? I mean, and sorry, but this is my first example stretch. I'm not feeding Zeke. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not I'm not singing this song anymore. I'm not dispersing the ball. I I'm not you know putting up with this. I'm not letting Greg Zerline come in. Like, I'm doing I'm doing this the Mike McCarthy way. I'm you know like because McCarthy loves to tell us, Tony. He he knows how to build a winner. He knows how to build a champion. He he's done it before. Then then do it. Then freaking do it, dude. I mean this is it. Like this Mike we're at a point. Mike McCarthy's the rest of his career is going to go one of two directions, and it's either going to be known as as Jerry Jones's latest puppet, or it's going to be as the guy who stood tall to Jerry Jones and maybe didn't have success, but at least again went out Frank Sinatra style and earns the respect of the rest of the football world. Without a doubt, if Mike McCarthy is going to go out here, go on Rich Eisen and address exactly what the owner said, you have to be able to go out there and stand on your convictions. If you think Tony Pollard is the best running back for this football team, you play him. I don't care. I'm an Ezekiel Elliott fan. Okay. I named my damn dog after him. Right. So (laughs) for me, I am a, I am a, we call it a Zeke or a Zeke situation. Like what's the. His name yeah. is Zeke, but when he's when he's doing something wrong, he's Ezekiel mm. Elliott Catalina. But um, so, <laughs> but so I say that all to say, if Tony Pollard's the, I am. We all talked about it. If he's the if he's the man, I would do an 80-20 split the other way and have given Tony Pollard the football. If Cooper needs more touches, give Cooper the ball. If you're not out there doing everything you absolutely can to win football games and 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 to keep your job, 
then I mean, I don't know how we can relate because when my back's against the wall, I want to go out swinging. Tom, um, last thing, and then we'll start to wrap up here. Uh, I mentioned Bob Sturm. He made it a, a point on, um, I believe it was the Ringer NFL show with Kevin Clark. Um, and I hadn't noticed this, uh, and it was earlier in the season. Um, but you'll recall that forever, the Cowboys ran out of the middle tunnel at AT&T Stadium through the like nightclub that, that exists like on the way from their locker room to the field. Um, and, and there's there's seas of people there. It's like a kind of a bar restaurant situation. Um, and I don't know if anybody's noticed this before, and it was Sturm who pointed it out, but now they enter from one of the side tunnels, a little bit more of a traditional kind of tunnel entrance. And, you know, if you want to read into it, that's maybe McCarthy saying, you know what, this is like, this is stupid, dude. Like, you know, we're, we're going in through like, you know, doors, bottle right service. Why are we going? Yeah, like, yeah, why are we moving? Yeah, like we're going in through bottle service. Like, no, we're, we're here to play a football game. We're not here to, you know, put, put on a, a production of Wicked. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're here to, for some business. And so... I, Tom, I would, I would love, I would, I would stand up and applaud McCarthy if this off season, you know, it was a situation where McCarthy said, you know what, we're holding training camp in Austin, Texas. You know what, we're, you know, we're spending in free agency. If McCarthy just influenced the hell out of this thing, and he said, I'm sick of this. We're not doing any more of this. We're not having any of this this pomp and circumstance. The football from now on, Jerry, you want to have your hand in a million other corporate entities. That's fine. You want to bring, you know, international people through the star. That's your prerogative. That's your business. But the football of it all is my domain. I would love to see that from Mike McCarthy, just to fully, totally flex. I mean, I'm hopeful that this is the beginning of that. Is is that false hope, Tom? Like, or do you? I mean, how how do you feel? I think it would have to come strictly in the terms of an ultimatum, and I think if he stood his ground and made that ultimatum, we would be seeing a new head coach because I don't think Jerry's gonna gonna give it to him. Uh, I don't see any good way forward. So yeah, I'm I have lots of nerves about what's coming up. Or maybe you not nerves. I'm just, you know, kind of anxious to see how this is all going to play out, though. Can you imagine if Hard Knocks was this year? <laughs> that would have been must-see television, man. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if there is some kind of backstage access this year where Jerry goes above Hard Knocks and says, well, welcome to the star or something. Some kind of new sitcom starring Mike McCarthy, right? And they have this whole Family Matters entrance and everybody's like coming down the stairs and just pointing. And sh- it's It could be bad. The circus might get a little bit more juicy as, as this offseason gets along. I I feel for Mike. I think you all agree because back, back to the point of the meme, that like Mike McCarthy was a meme before – getting the the job with the Cowboys because of the fallout he had in Green Bay and all his time with the Cowboys has really ultimately effectively done is justify the meme is 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 justify Aaron Rodgers was was the greatness you were along for the ride and if you're McCarthy that's got to piss you off like that that's that's really got to eat at you and so um to feel like your hands are tied and and like the one dude who's supposed to have your back above all else doesn't i mean I don't know. That's it's it's rough. Good for Tough him. Sledding. Standing up. Anybody Tough else have sledding. anything they want to add before we leave? Anybody have anything? Now's the time. Or, you know, speak now forever. Hold your peace. I got I to gotta shout out the chat, man. It's been a great chat. Again, there are a lot, a lot of contributors, but one guy just keeps pounding OBJ to the Cowboys. <laughs> like, I think I keep seeing that like three or four times. First of all, I wouldn't be pissed. Play next year. 
if if they if they don't resign Michael Gallup, and by the way, you can uh, watch our interview with Michael Gallup from last week on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Um, if they don't resign Michael Gallup, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad about it. I mean, he's hurt. He's not going to. He, if he's, uh, I, I read a tweet today that if he stays on the same timeline of recovery that he did last time he tore his ACL. He'll miss the entire 2022 season. So that's irrelevant. Okay. 2023. Let's party. Oh, sorry, okay. Jason. <laughs> uh, Tony, Tom, any final thoughts? Or you just want to be losers and not contributing anything? <laughs> losers. Listen, uh, <laughs> um, I'm just ready. Understand that everybody here, Blog and the Boy Network, Dallas Cowboys fans. We get a long off season, and it's only just begun. Mm. Amen Tom, to that. As far as I yeah, see, it's, Tom, that can't be your be. thought. You have to have your own thing. <laughs> he goes, yeah. This, this, this on the flip side, this may be the most riveting off season we have ever seen. Tom, like for real, last thing. In a weird way, did the Cowboys need this? This injection of like, I mean, like because nobody's really stood up to them them being the Joneses, the way McCarthy just did, you know? Yeah. He, he didn't just go on any show and do this. He went on to Rich Eisen's show. Rich Eisen is, again, the face of the NFL network and has been since it launched in 2003. This, again, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but this feels like a little bit of a calculated effort from McCarthy. And so in that sense, good for him. Let's go. Be our Trojan <laughs> horse, Mike. Take him down. Yeah, it, it was needed, but will it be enough? That's how do you think how, how do you think this went down? Do you think Mike McCarthy called Rich Eisen and said, "Look, I need a I need a, a platform." Or do you think Rich Eisen was like, "Hey, we can get McCarthy, why not?" You know, and we got him. I mean, he Can you imagine? Once a, if, well, I mean, if I was, to, if I was betting, be, I'd say that Mike was dialing. To be frank, <laughs> I think so too because he once upon a time called up Peter King and Tom Pelissero and said, "Hey, I need a platform. Come to my barn in Wisconsin and tell everybody I'm awesome. I went to the PFF headquarters and I'm a genius. Oh, now. yeah, that's right. Um, Analytics. <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, what, a, what a mess. Time for free agency. Right. Here we go. Tom, say something beautiful and get us out of here. Buckle your seatbelts, boys. It's going to be a bumpy flight. That's not beautiful at all. You're all beautiful. 